Hello, my name is Miguel Almario and welcome to Speak. This is a show about empowering people in their mental health journey. And if you want to support us, please consider following our club social media at the I Am Collective. This episode is going to be about finding the balance and I hope you enjoy the show today. So no matter what your pursuits or your passions are, at some point you got to reconcile two huge sources of expectations. And that is the expectations of the people around you and of yourself. And our guest today has a ton to speak on that when it comes to this balance, and that is Thompson. So I'll kind of let Thompson go into who he is and all the notable career things, as we've discussed prior to the episode. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Miguel, for um, inviting me onto the show. Um, but yeah, uh, so my name is Thompson. I am a chemical engineering student, but like many other people, including Miguel, I've I find myself to be very multifaceted. So yeah, I'm a video creator. I have my own YouTube channel. Um, I'm trying to work on a wellness project as well for students. And yeah, I just kind of basically do a bit of everything. Yeah, so that that's me. We, we love a multifaceted person, especially here on the show. So thank you, Thompson, for being here. Uh, basically, throughout this episode, we're gonna be talking about how to find that balance the different considerations you have to make in order to, you know, adequately find the middle way. And, you know, the different tools that we've kind of put into play for ourselves in order to find that within our own lives. So the, the first natural step into this entire process is finding out what you care about. And, you know, Thompson brought this up in our first conversation when we had sat around to sort of script the entire thing. And it's this notion, this idea that, you know, we love ourselves, but despite that, despite loving ourselves in whatever degree that looks like, we care the most about what other people think about us. And, you know, this is based on what we've learned throughout our entire lives. And it's that need of validation. And it is completely natural to look for others in validation. I've said it beforehand in other episodes, and it's like a talking point that I have in terms of finding out more about yourself is that, you know, you are constantly doing this, whether you're voluntarily aware of it or not. And once we realize this truth, you kind of arrive at an opportunity to react to it and how you kind of deal with this, you know, pursuit of validation, despite needing to validate yourself in this entire, you know, weird situation that you might find yourself in. So in saying that, you know, the first question I want to throw over to you, Thompson, how have you reacted to this dynamic between reconciling your expectations versus the expectations of people around you? I think it comes with learning, honestly. Like this is something you can't really get right the first time. It's something you need to kind of consistently develop and like get to learn for yourself in your own way. Because like, for example, being a creator of some sort, maybe you're a comedian, you're a musician, you're a YouTuber, you're something where you need to put out your content, you need to get like your voice heard, right? And like your job is to like express yourself, uh, do something where it's for people's opinions, you know? So, and in and, and that aspect, it's, it's kind of hard because your job is to be vulnerable, you know? Whether you like it or not, you know, people will make a critique of it, you know, oh, you know, oh, oh, I have the opinion of, of this guy's video, oh, this art piece, oh, I love this, but no, I, I don't love it anymore, you know, but for me, I would say 
it's kind of yeah like like you said just trying trying to get to that balance um and yeah that comes with learning that comes with learning what are, what about you oh wow okay so for me i i would very much so agree and i think you know the basis of thompson being here is that you know we as creatives kind of share very similar thought processes uh in approaching what we decide to create and how we decide to portray ourselves into the world um and in saying that i have to i've had to do a lot of my own learning as well and it has been an arduous process and as thompson kind of alluded to it's something you kind of have to always do. There's not really a, a middle point where you kind of figure things out. Um, but one thing I wanted to delve into is this idea that you are kind of doing it for the validation of other people. And when what Thompson alluded to earlier with that, uh, the piece about things are always moving and shaking. Sometimes you like something, sometimes they don't. You really have no idea what the expectations are. So in a weird way, you're doing things for other people, but you set your own standard and whatever that standard is. And, you know, he be we began this thought about how you kind of just have to do it, do it the first time and that enables you to learn. So I kind of had that similar process, especially considering the show. Uh, my own expectations were the biggest barrier to doing this and being in front of people and trying to be vulnerable to a very wide audience. And that is an arduous process. And you know what? I think only recently have I become like truly comfortable sort of just doing it. Uh, but, you know, this is all still small fish at the end of the day. You know, this is probably within episode 15 about uh, their podcasts have been around forever. And if you talk to people who host them consistently, like they're still trying to figure out how to best portray themselves. And it's still something that's constantly in their heads. So, yeah, no, it isn't a constant learning process especially if you want to get better at these things but you got to start the process at some point that's kind of what we're alluding to in a way so you know the next bit to this conversation is you know is that necessarily a bad thing and i think thompson has also more ideas to kind of go into and i think in terms of finding that balance we need to know what is what are the extents like what are the two extremes right and i think you know, when I first started getting into anything, you know, when you start to create a channel, for me, I'm naturally kind of very, I, I, I don't really care too much about people's opinions, but it's like, you, you do care, but it's like, you don't care, but you do care. It's, I don't know how to uh, say it, but you know, when it, when it gets to the first extreme where like, you can't even put out some content because you end up judging yourself even more you know you end up like talking yourself out of situations where no one is even judging you but you just think they are you know and sometimes you also take comments too seriously and you know we need to understand that you can't change people within a, a lot of different people there will always be realists there will always be pessimists and there will always be optimists and idealists you know so it's easy for us to listen to the people who say, no, you can't do this. And, you know, it can't be done. It's impossible, which is funny because it's also human nature to quickly absorb negative opinions. We like, we will forget all the good we've done, all the things that we can do. And that one bad comment would just get to us, you know, which is interesting. And then the other extreme is more like, I just don't care. I'm just doing this for me. And I don't care whatsoever. 
And I think that approach isn't really going to make you grow because you're just ignorant. You're not really learning from anything, you know? So I think to, to, for me, in my opinion, to find that balance, I would say do what you're doing for you. So it has to be internal. It must not be external. Do it for you, but use other people's opinions constructively to keep moving forward. You know, okay, what can I learn from this? Okay, I, I, I won't be hurt by the comment, but I'm going to use it to make myself better. Then that's a positive. I think, yeah, for me, that's, that's how I find the balance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that was really big in that, like what you just described is this idea that you have to understand what the extremes mean. And yet, you know, building off it, you have to understand what they mean for you too, especially in the context of what you're doing things for. Like, for instance, you know, I also have a YouTube channel. I've been doing movie reviews. So, you know, that comes from a very uh, long history of me being very interested in analysis in that way. And, you know, I have a background in philosophy, a very deep background in philosophy. And film ends up being a very interesting medium where philosophy gets to take place and explore. So intrinsically, my desire or my draw towards film criticism is very akin to my desire for philosophy and my interest in philosophy. And, you know, by extension, things that I'm interested in, things I like to do. So with all that being said, I also do enjoy the validation of when people like my criticism and they like my analysis. So you, it, it feels like a very, you know, you can have both ways, this is great. However, when it comes down to, you know, developing a plan of action, how you get better and what you do going forward, then you gotta start figuring out the compromises, you know, like, I might not like this movie, but I don't know if people are going to like when I say I don't like this movie. Or, you know, everyone's good with what you're saying as long as they agree with you. And that's another weird one because, you know, you can get really personally involved with the things that you do. And as creators, like a lot of people do get personally involved with what they do. So when it comes to criticism, it's like valid criticism gets you better at what you're doing and like forces you to take a very critical lens at what it is that you're trying to put out but there's also you know comments that are just negative for the sake of being negative or uh maybe you don't understand the value of their feedback right away so you just take it at as a a bad thing and it's exactly what you alluded to when it comes to like human nature we just absorb the negativity we're very good at absorbing the negativity like you will see a bunch of people praising you for what you're doing, but the one person who will say anything bad, whether it's constructive or not, you're going to fixate on it. So at the end of the day, it's managing these expectations, understanding criticism and trying to figure out how you internally best process this criticism. And then it becomes developing a plan of action for it and abiding whatever that is. You know, you kind of set your own bar, which is what I kind of alluded to earlier. So you know, we've kind of talked a lot about like this hypothetical, like finding out this balance, but one really big goal of today's episode is to be a little bit more pragmatic in terms of giving people like that idea of how you overcome these things. So the next thing we're going to dive, dive into is the idea about patience and inspiration. So very tied heavily with uh, finding the balance. And I think the biggest factor into 
helping or promoting your self-growth is that idea of inspiration. And, you know, sometimes being inspired is enough to just push you past that hesitation, that anxiety. And achieving this inspiration, you don't necessarily have to look for it externally. You know, you can inspire yourself to strive for more once you recognize that you have latent potential. And, you know, you can hear it all the time. So many people can tell you like, oh, you're so well-spoken. You can do a podcast or you draw really well. You have a knack for uh, capturing an image. You'd be a photographer. You should be an artist. And people will always tell you these things and recognize your potential, but it's different once you actually accept it. And once you do that, that piece about setting that action plan, you know, you can give that to yourself. And like I said, set your own bar. And I, I have this little talking point and I know I've been kind of going off for a while, but I, I often tell people, you know, hold yourself to the uh, standards that you have set. So it, no one really has a right to tell you what it is you need to do, but you have uh, an innate role for facilitating your own dreams and your own expectations. So it's about setting the right ones. And this is where patience becomes very, very difficult and very, very important to promote and recognize because self-growth does take a lot of practice. And by extension, you need a lot of patience to, you know, recognize your shortcomings and be forgiving of those when they come up. So again, very long-winded. I'm, I just went on a whole tirade, but, um, you know, I've got, I've brought up this idea of expectations and responsibilities for yourself. And what I want to turn to you, Thompson, is, you know, how do you practice patience? How do you enable yourself to sort of look at these things objectively and, and take a break from, you know, the negativity and the, the, the self-criticism you might be giving, you know? Um, I think I'll start with the inspiration part. Yeah. So I really like what you said, you know, I, I hear this all the time. And this is coming from a, a quote that I heard. There are plenty of ideas in the world. Like you can find an idea two minutes away, but it's about people actually acting on those ideas. So like what you said, if someone tells you, okay, Miguel, you're very well-spoken, you should start a podcast. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, but should I, or should I not, you know? But, and then there are people who do start the podcast, right? And then once you're at that stage of starting something, then it's like, then what? okay, I'm starting out and you, like you have this vision of yourself and I want to be big. And then that's when the, the, the doubt starts sitting in the fear and all that stuff, right? But, you know, we always need to remember that half the people don't even start, like half the people don't even start. And that in itself is like something to inspire you, you know? So yeah, that, that's, that's in terms of inspiration. And then how I manage or at least try to stay patient is I just keep trying I just I just keep trying no matter what because you know there comes times where you know sometimes we're still learning how to deal with other people's opinions so you you'd usually expect to get it right the first time you know but at the end of the day we're still we're just still we're all human so in terms of managing those expectations and like, okay, you know what? I shouldn't really expect anything, you know, even in terms of like support, people might think, oh, my family and my friends and everyone around me is going to support me hundred percent. That is not always going to be the case, right? But just being patient with 
the whole process as well. Just like not having a kind of um, fantasy or I, too idealistic uh, view of what you're going to do. Because with, with an idea also comes the work, you know. And part of that work is like putting yourself out there day in, day out until you can handle the, the, the opinions. You know, then you then start to learn constructively and you can use them to better yourself. But it doesn't just come in one day. People will then expect that, okay, I, I started the channel. I, you know, I posted my first song that it's going to happen in one night. But in reality, it, it usually work that way. And same with managing expectations. You, the first time you put yourself out there, it's not going to be like I have a magical uh, armor that's going to protect me. It's like you build that resilience over time and through experience too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, it, it's not an exaggeration when people say that experience is the best teacher. And you alluded to something very important there. And it's that, you know, understanding that it's not going to be easy, but that shouldn't be your wall for doing anything or getting into things. Like the, the practice of patience isn't just in, you know, being okay when you're not meeting your own expectations, but it's also being very aware that everything you're doing is contributing to a greater whole. And, you know, you might not see the greatest, uh, the fruits of your labor flourish the way that you had thought about beforehand, or you might be, you know, struggling with this expectation thing, but in order to practice good patience and in order to be, you know, comfortable being patient, you kind of have to take a step back and recognize what you're doing and how it plays a part to the bigger picture. And that, that is a, as a expansive as not only just on the creative side or doing anything, you know, qualitative where you're putting yourself out there but it's even in like studies it's even you know with let's say i want to be a carpenter and the whole thing no one ends up being great at woodworking right away like you just have to understand that little things that you do add up to it and eventually you can look back and just see the amount of work that you made and you got another point i see yeah yeah i mean i 100 percent agree with you in terms of like thinking bigger picture, I think for me, it's like the opposite happens. In my normal life, I actually think bigger picture. I don't pay too much attention to the bad things that happen, I just keep going. But in terms of like my own things or my own thing that I'm working on, it's like I overanalyze. I, I go too much into detail. But then, then again, like if, if things don't go as well as they planned, like you said, it's all part of the whole process you know, getting that one more thing out there, you know, trying one more day, you know, attempting is all part of the whole journey. And sometimes when something goes wrong, we think, oh, that's it, you know, the journey is over. But like, that's literally the very beginning of what is happening, of what is actually taking shape, you know, yeah. And, you know, I recently had someone tell me this, this point that's very similar to what you alluded to. And it's that, uh, failure is part of the process. And, you know, it's as simple as that. Uh, you know, in, in, in a professional context, like I've been doing interviews for, you know, the, the industry that I want to go into. I've been doing them over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's my first time doing something of this capacity and they didn't plan out the way that I wanted to. But I got into this really weird spot of like 
internalizing that and it's it's it seems very different from you know being a creative and doing it in that sense but it really ends up being one and the same the sensations are the same you're really worried about how people are going to understand you when you put yourself out there and in you know a professional context you're doing the exact same thing you're trying to you know be yourself and show that you have these innate capacities you're trying to almost sell your own potential and when it doesn't go your way or it doesn't turn out the way that you had expected it always feels like a personal failure it always does but once you realize that it's literally a universally recognized emotion everyone goes through this like doubt and rejection and everyone who's ever succeeded it, it always sounds like a stereotype it always sounds like you know fluttery words but people who are at the the highest level people who are at the peak of their given field they have recognized this and they've dealt with so much you know failure bullshit all anything you want to say and they didn't stop I mean, that's the whole thing is that they they recognize they were patient and you know it's one thing hearing it all the time. It's one thing hearing, you know, the buzzwords or whatnot. It's another thing, understanding how it applies to you and using that as fuel to an extent. And this kind of leads us into like our last topic, which is the idea of doubt, which I've kind of alluded to and how that shouldn't start with you. And this is the biggest point of advice. If you're trying to gather anything from this episode, this is the biggest thing, I think when it comes to mobilizing your efforts, finding that balance and really un- tapping into your potential, however larger, however large it may be, right? And, you know, Thompson brought this point up the first time that we spoke and it's this, and exactly as it follows. If the best idea stays in your head, then what happens? It, legitimately nothing, right? And with anything, people will end up judging you, people will doubt you. And they will call your decisions into question legitimately, no matter what it is. So if you recognize that, that, and you understand that doubt will start everywhere and will come from everywhere, then you almost accept that as part of the reality and it helps you temper and refine your expectations. But with that being said, you can't allow self-doubt to be the first time you hear it and you can't allow it to be the most crippling thing. And I've had this conversation like recently where I, it sort of dawned on me that we are the most violent to ourselves. No one can make us feel as bad as we make ourselves feel. So when it comes to these moments where you're filled with self-doubt and you can't help but like understand it and be like sunk into it, you have to trust to an extent that you have done the necessary work to prepare and that you have the self-awareness to adapt and overcome these challenges. And how do you get to this point? Well, we talked about some previous characteristics of inspiration and patience. And if you, you know, harness these things, if the right people talk to you and you put yourself in the position to be inspired by people, then you'll be doing the necessary work. And if you're doing the necessary work and you're patient enough to understand what it's contributing to, then you are preparing. So it's about that realization. It's about knowing that these are realities for you and stop. It's not just buzzwords. And it's really funny how we just consider them as buzzwords. And, you know, something that we kind of, that Thompson alluded to earlier, specifically about how, you know, we're very fixated on how we envision ourselves. And there's a grandiose picture. But 
the thing is we only fixate on these things because of that is what we're exposed to we're exposed to people's successes constantly through social media or whatever you end up looking and seeking out people who exemplify these things so you don't necessarily see the process and is that a problem with the way that we're doing things as a society maybe who knows but the whole idea is you don't really get to see the whole work or the underlying effort that goes behind these people doing bigger and bigger things. And so, you know, I've kind of been going on another long winded rant, but you know, this is a very big question and I'm throwing it over to you again, Thompson, but in the context of everything, all these qualities that we've kind of spoken on today, who are you now and who do you aspire to be? Wow, looks like you're, you're using my own weapons against me. Um, that's, that's an interesting question. That's an interesting question. But who I am now, I would say I'm, I'm not as 100% I'm, I'm certain, but I, I do have a solid, realistic view of what I'm doing. I would say I, I try my best right now to not be as as you know like i'm as as like i'm dreaming too much um yeah because that's that's what that's what happens most of the time you know some some of the time we're really scared to kind of analyze some of those negative behaviors that we can actually change and we just stay in that world you know physically we're here but you know we're, we're there that's where you hear okay i want to be a billionaire i want to do this but if you ask them how are you going to do it it's like oh i i, I don't know i never thought about that you know so I, I for me i guess um it's very unique because i've kind of tried to define both i've tried to define who i am now and i've also tried to set like a kind of like a, like a blueprint of where i want to i want to go and that kind of helps you to even stress less because you're not like wondering, okay, I, I want to do something, but I have no idea where to even start. And I guess one of the things that can also help that whole process is finding someone who's familiar with it. You know, looking for friends who have the same interests, finding a mentor, someone who knows, that's something that can also help you to do, do what you want to do. And then in terms of doubt, um, usually when I find myself in times of doubt, that's, and I'm, I'm not talking about the doubt where you're like, oh, okay, um, maybe this might not work out. It's like the doubt where you're like, this is not gonna happen. Like <laughs> this, this is not going to happen. And like you sink in that hole. So yeah, like I said, you know, when, if, if, if an idea stays in your head, nothing's gonna happen. It's like you have a hundred percent chance that whatever you want to do or you aspire to do is not going to happen. But the positive side of it is, you know, if, if you at least try it, you know, you give it a shot, no matter how it goes, at least there's a chance, at least, you know. And yeah, I feel like, I feel like we need to give ourselves that chance. We, we, we usually even doubt ourselves to the point whereby we numb ourselves from feeling any kind of hope or any kind of um, uh, inspiration. We, 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 we immediately, you know, just believe that, oh, it, it can happen or it can be done, you know, even when there is a, a possibility that it can. Um, yeah, but I will ask you, Miguel, what, what do you do to, 
when when doubt creeps in like like when when the serious doubt creeps in what what do you do to 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 get out of it man you know what this is going to be a very interesting answer because i don't get out of doubt and the reason i say that is because i find doubt to be one of the most valuable teachers and uh something i kind of, like we talked about experience being a big teacher i think doubt is also a very illuminating feeling. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. And for a lot of people, it is the most uncomfortable feeling because we're, we're kind of carried in this way throughout our entire lives to, you know, learn and adapt. And once you've done these things and learn about the world around you, you kind of chalk it up as like things you know. And when they get challenged and you enter the state of doubt, you are very, very, unaware of what the future looks like no matter what it is and you know as a like i've talked about it before thompson alluded to it it's a very uncomfortable feeling a lot of people you know they'll turn away from it and they'll do what they can to eliminate doubt but i think if you just allow yourself to sit and wonder what it is you're questioning then it really gives you an idea of where other people are coming from and that you really get to challenge your biases and you really get to perceive the world as if you don't know it. And, you know, a lot of this sounds pretty hypothetical, but I'll give a very concrete example, uh, particularly in, from a professional setting. I had doubt about my morals and not in some extreme way, not in some, you know, harmful to other people way, but I was wondering about one of these like particular circumstances that require or necessitate uh, white lies. And I was wondering about, you know, is that right? Like I've always conducted myself in this way to avoid ever being inauthentic. And I had chalked it up to me having a compromise on my morals in order to continue, you know, doing work and executing at the highest level. But there was a big problem in that because I had a very limited view of what the situation entailed. And again, I'm being very, I'm being very spontaneous about describing this event because I would, I would much rather, you know, leave it to your imagination of what this kind of pertains to probably the club, who knows, but there's, there was this point where I had to question whether or not, I was just doing the same mistakes. And it's always been my dream and my goal to redefine the way that, you know, we do business and the way that society views business and even, you know, akin to mental health. I really, that that is a goal of mine is to redefine the way that we view each other. And when you get confronted with these things, especially in a professional setting where you're like, am I really executing the way I wanted to? Is this, would I be proud of myself if I were to reflect on this in the future? Or if I'm younger and reflecting on and imagining what the future would look like, you know, that was the doubt that I was in was whether or not I was even being myself and what that kind of looked like. And, you know, this is one of the most uncomfortable things. It really brings you to a point of like questioning everything that you've ever done especially regarding this subject. And basically I've been dodging what it is I'm describing, but basically it has to do with managing people and learning from people and really being people oriented first. But, you know, 
with all these things, even in the realm of being a creative, you got to tell yourself and reconcile with yourself whenever these things happen. And the only way that you learn from these difficult situations is to sit in that doubt for a little bit because you realize what you don't know and you realize where you stand to learn. So basically that's a big, you know, roundabout way of me getting to this, this point of I deal with doubt by confronting it. And I think that's the best way that we can do it. Yeah. And I think doubt along with fear, I think they, 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 they're very similar in the way that naturally they're meant to like warn you, you know, doubt is like when something is going wrong, it's like, you need to question something. Right. But that's different from self-doubt, you know, and for me in terms of like, when you're experiencing doubt, when you shouldn't, or it's not really helping you, what, what I usually like to do is I use that as a trigger to automatically think the other way. Okay, so I shouldn't do this. You know, maybe um, I'm, I'm not good enough or something like that, right? Immediately, I would use that to actually do it. But it's not like the very first time you experience doubt. Most of us seep deeper into doubt. But as you have more and more and more and more experiences, it becomes, it becomes way less uncomfortable. The very first thing we, we thought that we feared then becomes something very easy to tackle. But then again, that comes with time. And that comes with just trying. It comes with, it comes with trying to change how we even handle ourselves. You know, like how we handle, like, it's, it, I, I really like what you, what you said about just like taking it easy sometimes and just like, don't, don't beat yourself up internally. You know, like, okay, I'm scared of this and I can't do it. And, you know, I, I'm always scared. I'm, I, I, yeah, of course you always be scared because you are scared of it, but don't beat yourself up for it. You know, the next time it's okay to try the next time. It's, it's okay. Like that is okay. No one is saying that you have to go and jump up jump off or skydive um, the tallest building in the world today. No, but it's all part of, of the process. Like you said, like, um, and a strategy that I actually do, a physical strategy I learned a few days ago is I train myself to do things with my opposite hand. So it forces me to like stop looking at everything and like doubting and fearing and and all these habits and things that we do, like we, we just do them without even noticing, you know, okay, maybe I have a presentation and my boss is watching, or maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk, right? But, but by, for me, even like brushing your teeth with the opposite hand, eating with the opposite hand, it forces you to like see things in a completely different way. Like, oh, there's, there is another way of doing it, you know? So th- I think that's just one of the ways, but then again, it's like, it's, it's it's not instant it's not instant but it's it's not it's not it's not something that that can harm you or stop you from doing something either it's definitely not it's not it's something that is actually going to help you yeah and i think like we are very much so exploring this in a variety of different ways this topic of finding the balance and we're looking at it from different angles and sometimes we're jumping from topic to topic. But I think that speaks to the 
the intricacy in which you have to think about handling doubt and overcoming doubt because it is very context and situation dependent, but the principles kind of remain the same. You got to be patient. You got to understand that what you're doing is contributing to a greater whole. But at the same time, you got to walk before you run and you got to learn what it is you need to do, set out your own action plan in the context of what you're doing and figure out, you know, what can I achieve now? And, you know, if I fall, then I fall. And you should be okay with learning from that and not just accepting it as the possibility or the only possibility. Like it's, it's always going to happen. And I think, you know, in, in a grander context, the way that we've been taught to think about failure has really damaged our ability to learn. And, you know, a lot of people get failed in that way. And it's not just like, uh, it's not an easy situation. It's not an easy fix. Like Thompson is saying, we don't just realize and recognize how to address failure properly, but we do have to try and confront it. And it has to be a motivating factor. And going back to the whole walk before you can run thing. Like if you really want to take anything away from this, and what I implore you about doubt and patience, inspiration and whatnot, you got to realize at some point in your life, you couldn't walk. (laughs) And And that's the truth for all people. At some point you could not walk, but you don't even think about that shit now. You just kind of do it. You don't even think about standing up. At some point, you couldn't do that either. You didn't have the muscle capacity for it. But we all find our way to overcome it. And, you know, we all do our battles. We all figure out the things that scare us the most. And we have to understand how to deal with those emotions. And it just makes us better people. And as Thompson said, it's one of the biggest motivating factors. So when you're confronted with this kind of doubt, no matter what context, you got to realize at some point you didn't, you had no idea what, how to walk, how to use your feet. So if that's hopeful, I hope it is. And, you know, we're kind of approaching the end here. So, you know, I want, I always give the guests an opportunity, you know, plug your social media, any, any last thoughts, Thompson, you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, I would just say in terms of, finding the balance this what we're saying as the balance that is all up to you in everything that we do one thing i will say in terms of finding the balance in terms of being patient in terms of finding inspiration we all just have to figure it out for for ourselves and it comes in our own ways but yeah we really can find the balance yeah there's a lot to practice and we've alluded to some of it but obviously we're still doing it ourselves so you know take what you can from this and really explore internally what inspiration means to you what patience means to you what doubt you've encountered and you know try and take those lessons even though you might not understand what your work is doing right now and what it will mean for you and even if you can't even derive enjoyment from it, you will understand the process when you're done and you can reflect on the actions that you've taken. So just know that there is, there is an end point. There is a goal. You just have to keep swinging away at the rock and chipping it however you can. However, that does conclude our episode today. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care.